Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the conversation series. I'm incredibly excited to have Mr. Matt Suter here with me today. He is the Senior Director of Marketing for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, and I'm excited as a marketing nerd myself to have him on, pick his brain. Uh, but Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, I want to get kicked right off into your journey and your career. First off, how did you become working in sports with the Durham Bulls, broadcasting? How did all, that all start for you? Yeah, so um, I went to college, you know, back in the late 2000s. The, the goal was to be the, the next voice, radio voice of the New York Yankees. Like that was that was the dream job. Um, and so I went all through college doing broadcasting stuff, you know, when I was, excuse me, in college and out of, and just right out of college, I dabbled in some broadcasting specifically in baseball. And I found out very quickly, like the overnight bus trips were not for me and, and going from small town to small town and, yeah. you know, rolling into getting back home at 5am. I'm like, you know, this is fun, yeah. but I'd also like to like go out with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to have yeah. a life outside of the outside of the small towns and overnight bus trips. And so that really transitioned me from like a broadcasting side to really more of a media relations, public relations side. Did that for a couple of years, got a, you know, latched onto the Durham Bulls for like a full-time job instead of yeah. some seasonal roles, which I had done prior. I had a boss leave and I got more responsibility. And that's when I first sort of got into the marketing side of things. I had another boss leave and then they gave me more responsibility. So the, the <laughs> joke at the Bulls was I was very good at getting bosses to leave. <laughs> like it. Um, but but it, it it was funny. Like I really, I mean, what year is it? 2023. So 2016, I was still thinking like my goal was to be a, a major league baseball communications manager director or whatever like I was really still chasing like that communications route and then just through some of these promotions and added responsibilities I got more into the social media and the market the email marketing and a lot of the digital stuff and it's funny like once I started doing that I realized I really enjoyed it nice. um and it, but it, it was just very funny it's something that I never wanted to do like yeah. I I just I despised social media Back in um, like the early 2010s, some of the roles I had, which back then, right, social media was like a, a public relations function, not a yeah. marketing function. Yeah. And it was just something that, that, you know, with the whole thing with like the intern running the account back then, it, that's exactly what it was. It was the intern running yeah. the account. I, I did not like social media. And then, um, but then when I got an opportunity to do it as part of my job, because I got more money, you know, I yeah. said, okay. Yeah. Sure, out. And it just sort of took off from there, like I said, in the digital marketing sphere. Um, but it's been an interesting journey, you know, from where, what I went to college to do. And I know I'm not unique in that sense. A lot of people are doing something different from when they were freshmen in college. Uh, but I do think I'm very lucky and I'm very fortunate that the goal was always the same, right? The goal was always to work for a professional sports team when I was 18 years old. Yeah. And here I'm doing that. 15 years later. Yeah. So, you know, I might not be behind the mic for a baseball team, but what I'm doing is still fun and still cool. And so I do have a lot of appreciation and feel very lucky um, that my career has taken this path. I love that. And much like how Raleigh and North Carolina rallies around the hurricanes, I feel like Durham is like built around the bulls too. Like that is the thing that is the place. I mean, anytime you drive into Durham at any point, you are driving past the Bulls Stadium. Um, and it's always fun to drive by at game nights, whether it's the fireworks going off or you just see the lights on. <laughs> uh, it's always it's always been a highlight of mine when I go down to Durham to drive by the Bulls Stadium or just to be go to a game. It's it's so cool and it's it's really unique for me when I so I moved to to North Carolina in 2014 okay. and that was the year that the Durham Bulls stadium you know underwent a 20 million dollar renovation so the only Durham Bulls athletic park I've ever known is the current version with all the LED boards and massive okay. video board um and and the only Durham I know is what the Durham is today really you know it's a tech hub 
foodie town, construction everywhere you go because they're always building more of everything, really. And it's really cool. And so it's very funny to me to compare that to people who I've met who have lived in Raleigh yeah. or the Triangle their whole life. Yeah. You know, back in 1998, you know, they'd say, oh, you didn't go to Durham. You know, you went to a, you parked your car, you walked into the stadium yep. and the game ended and you went right back to your car and went home. Yep. Uh, and for me, it's always and since 2014 on, it's like, no, you go, you get there early so you can go to dinner, you go to the game, the yeah. game ends, you go out and get drinks. It's Durham, this hip, cool town. Yeah. And so I just, I love Durham. I absolutely, again, I, I worked for the Bulls the first six years that I moved down here and I, I, I love Durham, love the Bulls. Um, yeah, it's, it's been very interesting when I arrived in the triangle, right? I'm, I'm what everybody complains about. I'm one of the northerners who moved <laughs> here. Uh, driving up housing prices, making yep. I-40 more congested. I'm everything that people complain about. Yep. And I, yep. I at least acknowledge it, but I like to think like I'm a, I've been here now 10 years. I'm a North Carolinian. Yep. So now I complain about all those people too. Nice. I always, uh, my dad, my sister and I were season ticket holders for the hurricanes. So we always say when the Rangers are coming in town, we're like, well, there goes the arena. <laughs> because right. there are so many, even during warm up. You have us at one end and you're like wow that is a lot of white blue and red down there at that yep. other end during during warm-up like it they make themselves known yeah we, we joke around that like the best time to go out to dinner and carry is when the rangers are playing at pnc arena <laughs> it's i somebody labeled it to me the other day it's like the it, it has an acronym but it's like transplant area for all new york and new jersey yep. uh, so i'm like that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah it's it's you know it's interesting from a, a hurricane standpoint because a lot of the people who are there at those games in their rangers gear are wearing canes gear every other game absolutely you know, and absolutely. It, it's, it's an, a very interesting um it's very interesting fan psychology because right like if you grow up and let's just just take me as an example if i grow up rooting uh for the new york yankees for 22 years and then I moved down here at age 23, I'm not just going to stop being a Yankees fan, right? And so it's a very interesting yeah. fan psychology where for us, you know what, if you're supporting the Hurricanes 80 or 78 games a year, yeah. um, we'll take it. We obviously want to convert you to 82 out of 82, <laughs> but if we can get you for 78, and especially yeah. given just where this team is, right? 25 yeah. years old is not old at all. Yeah. Um, and so for us, it's okay. Well, maybe now it's 78 out of 82, yeah. but if in five years it's 82 out of 82, then, you know, that's, yeah. that's a huge win for us. You've been in this, you know, really seeing the digital space and the social media space evolve massively over the last nine, 10 years. How would you describe that evolution of social media and digital space? Yeah, I think I touched on it earlier, right? Yeah. 10 years ago, eight years ago, social media, uh, the website were all public relations functions. Yeah. They were basically just an avenue to disseminate information. Yep. Um, and I think what we've seen really over the past, uh, like I said, 2016, 2017, I'd say is when the shift really took place in terms of it becoming a fan engagement or you know consumer yeah. engagement, right? To not just focus on the sports sphere, but really this is much more than a place to post your press release. Yeah. This is much more than a place to update, you know, post a product update. This is a 24 seven cycle where you can talk to fans and create that one-to-one -one interaction. Yes. Right? Nowadays, all you ever hear about is how important one-to-one -one is from yeah. an email standpoint, from an app standpoint, all this personalization when social media was at the forefront of all of that, right? You can hop on Twitter and and just talk to your fans from the brand account yep. um, and so it's been very interesting to see that and see the teams and the brands that were forward facing in that regard and the the teams and the brands that uh were not and and still to a, an extent are not yep. uh and 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 how they treat the the different functions and even just like email right yep. one of the you know brands can use emails to sell you things i'm i'm sure you, you get 18 emails from different retailers every day just like me that are sell 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 and that's yeah. great uh one of the things we strive to do is have a good balance right we'll give you an email that it tells you about upcoming games or that uh informs you of 
of what you need to be informed about. But then we have our newsletters that are designed just to provide you content, yeah. just to provide you behind the scenes videos, feature articles. And, and even that is something that we really strive to do. And the whole digital space is not just house information, but really engage with our fans. Um, so that social media is at the forefront of that. Just like I said, it's, it's, it's not easy. You have to work really hard at it, but to create those one-to-one relationships with fans through comments, right? Responding to people on Twitter, responding to them on Instagram. But then also we are constantly thinking, well, how can our website be more of a resource than more of a place where we just tell you about what games are coming up? Um, we think about how our email, to my point, can be more engaging as opposed to, well, I see it's from the hurricane, so they're going to try to sell me something. What is it? As opposed to, ooh, like, I wonder what video I missed over the last week that that they might have in here. So that, I think, is the biggest shift in, you know, speaking at, at, at 30,000 feet, is that shift from housing information and just being a, a branch of your public relations team to being really a consumer engagement focused effort across all digital platforms. I do enjoy my uh, my Carolina Hurricanes emails that I get after, you know, games that give me a nice little recap of what has <laughs> happened, what the what the highlight moment was. Um, but it's very interactive now. And I feel like what you're talking about, I feel like it's more conversational than it was back then. I feel like it was a lot of people shoving things in your face. There's still a good bit of that happening, um, but it's a lot more conversational now. People love to have those interactions with whether it be a sports team, whether it be a creator of some sorts, whatever it is. That's what Twitter is. That's what Twitter is built on. That's what threads are built on. But it's incredible to see how much it's changed and it changes as you know on a daily basis with everything that is being built and expanded upon and everything it's it's fascinating and even tiktok right like tiktok comments are such an important part of that platform um and i think what what you touched on about being conversational that's like our mo we we approach our social media accounts as fans right we want people to basically just we want to be the pulse of the fan and granted, we can't say some of the things we want to say all the time, uh, whether that's just about the game in general or to other fans. But that's really what we try to accomplish. And not and that's that's not just the 60 minutes that the clock is running. That's a, a 365 days a year. We just try to be a fan of the Carolina Hurricanes and share with fans of the Carolina Hurricanes things that we have. Um you know, just today, the day that we're recording it, it's just like a photo of Brent Burns smiling that says Happy Friday. Made my Friday. <laughs> Made my Friday to see that big man with a smile on his right. face. And, and, and he's he's just awesome. So like, how could it not? But but that's really what we strive for, right? It's, yeah. it's, August, it's a Friday in August. There's no hockey news to be found. But hey, we have all the photos, you know, we, we have all these things at our disposal. And if I'm a Hurricanes fan, Maybe I do want to see Brent Burns with his big grin, missing his two front teeth and his big beard. Like, you know what? Yeah, yeah at least Friday. It is, it is a happy Friday. Yes. Um, and so that's what we try to do on social. And again, in the comments, we try to have fun. And even, uh, again, our, our subject lines, right? That's one of the things we work on a lot for email subject lines is, yeah, we can tell you that um, hoodies are 35% off today yeah. only. But is there a better, more fun, more conversational way to do that? That sounds like your buddy is telling you, oh, hey, the hurricane hoodies are 35% off today, yeah. right? Like yeah. that's basically what we try to accomplish. And I think that's yeah. to your initial point is that conversational big yeah. shift of, uh, you know, it's it's like that that gift from Wolf of Wall Street, the one of us, yeah. one of us. Well, yeah. That's what we want. We, that, that's what we strive for every single day. I, but as you're talking about it too, like that funness, I feel like that's through the whole organization too. Like even when you're at a game, you got Stormy who's running around. I always feel bad for his handler just chasing him around the arena. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, I feel like it stems through the whole organization that it's just a fun team to be a part of, to watch. I mean, there is nothing boring about the Carolina Hurricanes. 
and while you can't say, say like there's certain things you can't say on Twitter, we will happily be the ones that say it because <laughs> I have I have definitely witnessed uh, some people saying some things. Um, but it's that funness I think is just felt throughout every part of the Carolina Hurricanes from a fan perspective myself. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Because I think there's a there's a couple of things to that point where you talk about brand and how that your social and your digital go hand in hand with your brand. And you have um, brands that have a fun Twitter account or a fun voice, but there's nothing inherently fun about that brand. So they get the internet points, they have some funny copy and that's fun, but really there's nothing about... Um, you know, Oreo is coming to mind for me where Oreo has some fun stuff on Twitter. And I love Oreos. Like I'll, I'll house some Oreos. I love, I, uh, they're like, we had them at my wedding. Like we had to have Oreos. Yeah. My yeah. But, no chance of a box actually yeah. sticking around my house right. for right. a long period of time at all. Right. Um, so, so the product, the taste of an Oreo is fantastic yeah. and your social copy can be fun, yeah. but I don't think of Oreo as a fun brand, right. right? I think of them as a cookie product and they try different flavors and yes. seasonal flavors, but I don't think of them as a fun brand. And where, what we just try to do when you think about, again, our brand as a whole, and like you said, well, the social, the social copy is fun. Some of the stuff they do is fun, but I go to a game and I have fun. I go to the Carolina Hurricanes 5K and I have fun. Yes. The players are fun. And so that's really just us understanding where, what we have, right? And and tapping into all those different things because authenticity, we talked about the one-to-one -one stuff, but yes. authenticity is obviously a big buzzword now. We tr really try to be authentic, right? If our, if Jordan Martinook wasn't screaming Mr. Sveshnikov in the hallway before every single game, yes you know, maybe we don't have as much fun because yeah. it's not being provided to us. Uh, if Stormy isn't this devious little ice hog, yeah. you know, that changes the whole perception of our brand to your point. So we're very lucky that the other parts of our organization match what we strive for in the digital space because it, it we can piggyback off all of those. And then the other side of it, is just understanding where we are in the landscape of North Carolina and South Carolina and Southern Virginia and yep. the landscape of the NHL. Like yep. I said earlier, 25 years is not a long time. Yep. We obviously had a decade long playoff drought and we're in a, a market that values college sports and specifically college basketball. Yeah. And so for us, for all those different factors I just mentioned, we can't just be another brand. Right. We can't we can't rely solely on the team to perform um, because with any sports team in any league ever, there's going to be ebbs and flows. We had a, a downflow, you know, last decade yep. that was poor. We're luckily in a very good section right now. Um, and hopefully this day never comes. But history would tell you at yep. some point we, we will miss the playoffs. Yep. And whether that's this year or, you know, we go 15 more years without missing the playoffs, sometime that that will come. And so we always think about what can we do now to lay the groundwork to make somebody a fan for life so that when we do miss the playoffs one, two, three years in a row, like I said, if that's 15 years from now, they're not going to jump ship. Yep. And we have that organization buying. And, and really, it starts from our owner, Tom Dundon. You know, he... He wants to be different. He want he the mandate is to be disruptive. And our general manager and president Don Waddell says the same thing. Our CMO Mike Foreman, our VP Dan Lauderaka. It's it's not just as simple as, oh, like admin is so funny. It's not as simple as, oh, Stormy's so funny. It's 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 a collective understanding of what we're building and how every single thing builds off one another to create back to that initial point the fun brand as opposed yeah. to a fun social account or a fun mascot or just fun players um and i think while we're talking about this too a big thing is right now is how do you get people to stop and actually look at what you're you know stop the scroll there's so many there's so much content as we've been talking about that gets thrown at everybody on a daily basis during this last round of the playoffs, you had the very cool cinematic movie type 
posters that were put out. Uh, you know, the Panthers ears while the storm was happening right in front of the PNC arena, the devil's horns coming up from the water. How does, how do you guys approach that stopping that scroll and getting people to pay attention? We have been and always will be quality over quantity, right? Okay. And what we really strive for, especially our, our social team, before we hit post, we go through our, our quote unquote flow chart and okay. will our fans enjoy this? Yeah. If the answer is yes, post it. Yeah. If the answer is no, don't post it, yeah. right? We Every single thing that we post, we try to say, what is the value of this? And it goes back to that mentality of being a Hurricanes fan. As yeah. a Hurricanes fan, would I appreciate seeing this post? Does this evoke emotion? Does this prompt a response? Um, you know, like I said, I'm a Yankees fan. If the Yankees posted this, would I stop to yeah. look at? It? And so that's really the where it all starts is trying to put ourselves into our fan's shoes and say, is this worth it? Right. Um, and and the quality over quantity, a prime example of that is when I see other teams in the middle of a game, they'll post a, a GIF or something of, you know, we penalty killed, right? When, yeah. when they when they kill a penalty, they post a GIF of penalty killed. And I'm thinking, what value is that driving? Yeah. Nobody, you know, nobody uses social media to follow along with the game anymore. There's so many apps out there. There's the NHL app, the ESPN app, teams that have their standalone apps. If I want to follow along, I'll go to the app because yep. that has an automated feed of every single thing. I don't follow the Hurricanes Twitter account to yep. get game updates. Yep. I follow them so they can give me things that I don't have at my fingertips, like replays, funny clips, photos, the things that are somewhat unique to them. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, so why are we telling uh, you know, whatever team it is, your 750,000 followers that you killed the penalty. That's yeah. not driving any yeah. value. And, you know, our play, you know, every single team um, after practice or after a morning skate, whatever it might be, the head coach and select players will be available to the media. Yeah. And teams will post videos of that media availability every for every coach and every player. I'm yeah. thinking, well, what if the coach didn't say anything interesting? Yeah. Hey, if you're just posting a two, you know, a three minute video where the coach said nothing of value. Yeah. And so that, so I'm, I'm working towards a point here. I'm not, I'm not just rambling. No, you're good. Cause get, I completely get to your question. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so to, for me, this all built to this apex of, of, of your question of stopping the scroll yeah. when you're on Instagram or you're on Twitter, TikTok or wherever you might be. And you see our logo as the avatar you are trained, even though you haven't thought about it, this is going to be valuable to me. Yeah. I don't know if it's an article that they published. I don't know if it's a funny photo right. or video. I don't know what it is, but I see the logo and I'm trained that they know what I want. Yep. And that's why we don't, frankly, it's more that we don't do a lot of things that other teams yeah. do rather than what we do that other teams don't. Yep. Um, and now, and, and, you know, to play into that, like you talked about with the, um, the playoff graphics that, you know, were just unbelievable pieces of art. When you don't do the things that don't drive value, that helps. But then when you really elevate the yeah. content, right, that's that second part of it. So we don't tell you about the penalty kills. We don't post interviews that nobody cares about. So that strips away that one part. Cool. Good. Yeah. But then... Okay, they'll sell, they'll show me a fun photo of Brent Burns. Oh, that's an unbelievable graphic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now I can't wait for the next graphic. Yeah. And like I said, the whole thing that we try to do is just train you so that when you see that that avatar pop up, yeah. you say, "What do they have for me now?" Yeah. Um, and that's what I think is able to separate us from our peers a little bit is just that mentality of that that question that I started this answer with is. Do, do the fans want to see this? Will the fans yeah. enjoy this? Do yeah. they have to know this? And that is what drives the, the whole strategy, really. And when you're talking about, you know, when we're scrolling through and what emotions, like, 
there's no time better than during the playoffs. When you see a graphic like that before game or on game day, you're like, let's go. We're ready <laughs> to watch. We are very excited. Like that, I, I totally understand that from a fan perspective because I can say when those popped up, everybody got excited. Everybody was like, let's go game day. We're ready to go defeat Devils, whoever it was that we were playing at that time. Um, and it's just, it's an incredible thing to kind of walk into the arena or sit wherever you're watching the game and be like, we're fired up. We're ready to go already before a game has even happened. Yeah. It's, it's really unique. You know, we really treat our strategy as a science. Um, and what I mean by that is, is even take the, the graphics that we're talking about that, you know, again, were just unbelievable pieces of artwork by our design team. But there was even a conversation about when in the day do you post these, yeah. right? And do you post them at 9 a.m.? Um, right, yeah, it's, it's do you post these at 9 a.m.? And, and the decision was made that we would post them closer to noon or so because, okay, well, 9 a.m., um, people are just sitting down. They're checking their emails. They're having their coffee. They might be commuting. Like, how does this fit in? To, and there's no average person when you have half a million followers, right? But yep. you try to get these generalizations and say, how does this fit? Um, and for us, we said, okay, well, noon might be the better bet because at that point, most people are caught up on email. They're th they're through the, the daily trudge, right? That daily trudge of getting, whether you're remote, hybrid, in yeah. office, like that trudge is done and you're sort of off with your day. Like, well, if we hit them early afternoon, that's when we can, exactly to your point, yep. turn on the, the, put the gas on a little bit and say like, all right, now it's time to get hype. So let's hold off on our hype videos until the afternoon. Let's hold off on, on photos of the rally towels in the arena until the afternoon. What, what's some of our premier content that exactly what you just said yeah. builds to that point that they walk into the arena to the arena so their blood is flowing yeah. whereas if you do some of that stuff at 9 a.m 10 a.m maybe it gets lost a little bit um and so that's really all the stuff that we try to build and you know sometimes and i know people will will see our quote tweets or replies and you know y'all are wild and or what the heck were you thinking but it's <laughs> we joke all the time that our social team, like we overthink everything. There's very few things that we yeah. underthink. Whereas, you know, a, a, a standard Instagram post, we sat there talking about the different copy for 35 minutes and it, and the final product is three words. Yeah. <laughs> incredible sometimes how much thought and it and it to, to people not in the marketing world sometimes they they think it's so silly because they're like you put all this time into writing a caption I'm like <laughs> you have to go through this list of things that actually you have to fit the criteria for but it's extremely um time consuming and as you like when I was talking to Dan he was like we're finally at a great place we're building out our team he said i mean even to this day you have a lot of people who or companies that have two social media people now today and it, it, they continue to grow just because of how big it is for every single business professional team whatever it may be it's grown to something far greater than i think anybody really expected it to um, especially back in 2014 or even before that, when this was just coming around. Yeah, it's it's a very, and it's frustrating, right? Like the comment I made earlier where it's, oh, the intern's going to get fired for this intern, you know, posted, oh, yeah. hey, this isn't your personal intern. Um, and it's really frustrating. And, you know, it's, I shouldn't say frustrating. It's not something you take home with you, but to you hit the nail on the head. Like people just don't get it. People don't understand how you use the wrong word in a caption and all of a sudden it's it's quote tweeted by you know um by somebody for slipping up or you know you have to be really strategic in how you do how you do it what you say when you say it um and not to mention just trying to 
hit every demo you can, right? TikTok, everybody knows TikTok is that Gen Z demo. Yeah. Um, Twitter, you know, millennials, Twitter and Instagram, really that millennial. Yeah. Uh, Facebook is more boomer. And, and yeah. really the time that it takes to develop a strategy for every single platform, not to mention the YouTubes, the LinkedIn's, you know, all of these have a very important purpose within every organization's success, whether it's revenue generating or not. And so to sit there and, well, this caption works on TikTok, but the exact same video, Instagram has to get a different caption. Yeah, yeah. And on Facebook, we're going to crop it to a different size and have a different caption there. And, you know, Twitter is the wild web, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. But <laughs> you can sit there and have one piece of media and have four different captions for it and have four different deployment times based on, you know, optimization and trying to hit the algorithm and yada, yada, yada. Okay. And that's multiple times a day, every single day, as opposed to just, you know, some people that'll sit there and say a stupid caption, <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there like, man, I worked on this for 25 minutes. I put a lot of heart and soul into yeah. that one. Yeah, so I, I went through every single emoji three times until I figured out which one was the one I wanted to use. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, hashtags, you have to work through it all as you're kind of putting everything together. No, and I, it, it's such, uh, it's, it's such a funny and weird world to me. Uh, like you were just explaining, like everything is different. You have to think about like, there are different posting times for everything. There's, you send emails at certain times, you don't send emails on certain day. You know what I mean? Like, it's a funny world that this digital landscape has turned into. Like we've been talking about, you don't wanna shove things down people's throats, but what's the right science, cadence, whatever you call it to, to provide people with content, no matter what platform they're, they're going to. Exactly. And again, for the people that don't work in this industry, I think they'd be shocked at how much time I spend looking at spreadsheets, okay. spreadsheets of data, yeah. right? Of yeah. And exactly like you said, okay, Mondays and open rates and click rates and, yeah. you know, do images yield higher? Do buttons yield higher? Do CTAs inline? All yeah. these different things that you open up an email from the Carolina Hurricanes and cool, click, or nope, not going to open that, whatever you do, and you're off with your day without thinking about, again, the data that somebody used to drive why it was sent to you specifically, yes. why it was sent to you on that specific day, whether or not you received that and I didn't, right? Yes. All these things yes. that you don't think about. And it's it's very funny to me that, again, funny, frustrating, annoying, call it what you want. <laughs> it always comes back to the intern. It's just a lot of people who don't understand what this industry is like. Yeah. It's the the intern or the 22-year-old who's doing X, Y, or Z. And there's, I'll tell you what, there's a lot of 22-year-olds who do a really good job at this stuff too, right? Who understand these platforms a lot better um, than somebody my age who's been doing it for 10 right. years because they're just savvier and wittier. And, right. and, and it's... Um, but it's very tricky to, you have to have that really good balance of left brain, right brain yep. to do this stuff right. When I think a lot of people, you know, don't appreciate why what's happening is happening on a daily basis. I want to pick your mind real quick. Cause I've always, we've talked about it a little bit. Hurricanes Twitter, it's always been a real, very sassy place and not afraid to, you know, humor there's banter but there's also a little bit of pettiness where we are not afraid to come back and say something throw that second punch and it's like you were talking it's the wild wild west how how do you guys just approach twitter where i mean every sports team is that is where we kind of you know everybody who wants to say something very strongly to us or about us that's where they go how do you guys approach that yeah twitter is is always been our bread and butter for sure and i think it's because to what you, to your point is that conversational nature you can reply you can quote tweet you can you can dig up the receipts right you can quote tweet a post <laughs> four years ago if you want yeah, or yeah. you can't do that on other platforms 
But I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, the mandate from our owners be disruptive, right? Yeah. In in the market, on the national scale, in hockey, in all the sports, stand out. Yeah. And for us, you know, yeah, we keep receipts, right? That's, you know, if you can do whatever you want, have your fun. If you beat us yeah. in the regular season, great, you know, and, and if the time comes, we'll get you. Yeah. Um, and I think a fun example of that, it was, it was uh, you know, it was literally three years ago, like this week, where we played the Rangers in the regular season. It was the, the year that COVID hit. So we had played yeah. the bulk of our schedule. We played the Rangers four times and they beat us yeah. all four times. Yeah. And then we were matched up against them in the bubble, right? When the NHL moved into the bubbles in, in August and we played them in the first round of the, the postseason. Yeah. And for, I'm not joking, for two months, we just had Rangers fans in our comments about how it's a done deal, it's over, it's yeah. this and it's that. And I had, I'm not joking, I had a Word document that was like two or three pages long, which just links to tweets um, from random fans too. Yeah. And we discussed, okay, is this is there anything we actually want to do with this, right? Is this, do we want to make this part of our strategy? Again, yeah. it wasn't just a rogue social person going off on somebody and the decision was basically made that okay well if your team loses in the playoffs that stinks right like that that's tough to swallow if your team loses in the playoffs and then the team you lost to tweets at you or responds to a tweet of yours from 55 days ago like that's just like yeah. really salt in the wound and yeah. that's being petty and being sassy and we said yeah, let's go for it. Let's and so it. we did it. It was, I, I was, I'm not kidding. It was like, it was after midnight, 1 a.m. where I, I opened up my Word doc and started firing them off. Um, and, and, and to us, again, that's part of us being a fan, right? That's part of fan behavior. We, we did something similar um, in the 2022 playoffs where we swept the Boston Bruins in the regular season. Okay. This is the one I'm thinking of. It was a yes. video. Yes, exactly. So we swept the Boston Bruins in the playoffs, had a bunch of Bruins fans say, yes. wait till playoffs. Yeah. Filed those, made a video about it and put it out there. Because again, fan fan behavior is you dish it, I'm going to dish it back if I get the opportunity. Yep. And that's what we try to do because at, at the heart of what we do, and it's similar to what I touched on earlier, just maybe phrased it a little bit differently, right we just try to drive value for our fans we try to do something our fans will like and we only really care about our fans yeah i don't care what bruins fans think about us yeah. i don't care what rangers fans think about us i don't care what bruins media thinks about us i really yeah. don't care what the boston bruins think about us yeah. like none of that affects our business what affects our business is that fan affinity so if our fans can see that we have our teams back we have our fans back we we have North Carolina's back. We have the right. We are you. We are just like you. We just so happen to be the ones at the keys. That's where that affinity and loyalty really comes into play, and it's firsthand, right? It's 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 public. It's for everybody to see. We have longtime season ticket members who yeah. spent a lot of money with us over the years, and that's really important, obviously, for the business. Yeah. And we love them, but the service that's provided to those STMs is private. It's yeah. through their account manager. It's through emails and phone calls that nobody else really sees. And that loyalty is unbelievably important as well. But when you can, like I said, publicly back up your team, back up your fans, back up your players, that just adds that extra level of they get it. And like, I want to fight with this team. And I mean, it definitely does. And especially like it was a hard thing to swallow when we get lost to Florida this past round but I mean all you saw on Twitter was Carolina Hurricanes fans come through and be like no matter what happened it was a great season but we're firing back as well in terms of what happened in the game people were commenting on what Rod said we were like we don't care this is our team we're gonna we're gonna protect our team um, and we, I, I feel like we rally just as much and we love to support you guys just as much. Uh, and it, it's, it's a very interesting community on Twitter to be a part of, depending on what is happening uh, during the regular season and playoffs. 
It's it's very true, and I think what you mentioned is is, is right. What we try to foster and promote, we have the most passionate fans in the league. And I don't say that lightly. That's not a PR thing. That's not me greasing wheels. I don't think there's any fan base that's as passionate. Do we have the biggest fan base? No, because look at our market size compared to everybody else. Look at our history compared to everybody else. We're never going to have the biggest fan base in the league. But I do believe pound for pound, we are the most passionate. And and you've seen it firsthand, right? We lose a couple games in a row. Yeah, it can get a little negative. It can get a little dicey doomsday apocalyptic right the world is falling but i'd always rather have that than apathy yeah anger we say it a lot anger is better than apathy because when there's anger there's care there's passion and you're holding yourself to a higher standard when there's apathy oh we won we lost what does it really matter right in the big scheme of things so yeah, we lose a couple of games in a row. The the comment section is tough and the mentions are tough to swallow. But that's the that's a much better example of passion in my mind than when things are going well. Right. When things are going well, it's easy to be a casual fan or not a fan at all and just be like, I love the Canes. But when we're playing poorly or when things aren't going well, that's when the passion really seeps through. And you know, and I and I think it's it's really interesting too when you do look around the league and look at the the quote unquote run-ins we've had on social media yeah. with the Bruins, the Rangers, the Canadians, the Predators, like you yeah. like the league at this point. Yeah. But you get to a point where, uh, and I hate this phrase, but you know, oh the like predator the Predators and their fans will say that the Canes, uh, that the Predators live went rent free in our heads right oh yeah which is funny to me because we treat the predators like we treat everybody else but in their minds they think it's personal when really this is just who we are yeah and so i think we've gotten to a point because of not only our brand's behavior on twitter but our fans right and our fans having our backs and whatnot that are we the largest team in the league no largest market no large fan base but we're one of the most relevant teams in the league because so many teams have developed this frustration with us, this anger with us because of the things we do on social media, right? Beating us today means a lot more than it did five years ago because of some of the social media stuff and the way that our fans behave and have our backs. And I think that's really, really special when, again, I've said it before, but market size, the length of our history, et cetera. Um, You have a lot of people growing up or excuse me, a lot of people, you know, in that millennial demo who didn't yeah. grow up as Hurricanes fans, but are now ride or die because yeah. of what we've been able to do in the last five years, both yeah. on the ice and off. And even, I, I feel like outside of social too, like we annoy the crap out of teams when they come and play us in our arena too. Like people are joking around. They're like, you guys really aren't the loudest house in the NHL. I'm like, come, come to me. <laughs> we will show you on a random Tuesday night in a sold out arena we will probably blow your mind on how loud we can be. Um, I think it's just across the board from everything that, from a fan perspective that I've gotten to experience with the Hurricanes, like from the game to social, like it is, we're annoying a little bit, but we love it at the same time. Yeah, and it's it's that buy-in that the fans matter because they do, right? Yeah. Fan, fans impact on ice performance. And I truly believe that, Um, you know, obviously the digital stuff, probably not so much, but in the arena, there's no question. You know, we, we, we signed Michael Bunting, you know, this off season who played for the Toronto Maple Leafs the last few years. And in his introductory press conference, he went out of his way to talk about how difficult it is to play here and how he's happy that he's on the other side. Uh, A few years ago, the head coach of the Maple Leafs, to your point, it was an early season game. It was, I think, November. Uh, don't quote me on that. Yeah. But he had a line after the game talking about what a difficult building PNC yeah. Arena is to play in. And like I said, that was a game in November. That wasn't the playoffs. That wasn't 18,000 rally towels going around. Right. Right. That was that was just a normal game. And yeah. so, and players, you know, our players talk about it all the time, about how great our fans are, yeah. how loud building it is they don't have to say that they're not greasing the wheels because if they were greasing fans wheels, you'd hear that from 
every, players from every other team in the league, but yeah. you don't. That's just the fact of the matter is you don't. Yeah. Um, and so to be able to create that home ice advantage like our fans do, I'm telling you, it matters. And and like I said, that's not a PR thing. It's it's loud. We we talk about it all the time. We sit up on press row up at the top of the yeah. top of the arena. And we have in the playoffs, we all have like fuzzies covering our laptops because of the debris from the rally towel sprint spinning <laughs> our ears. No, no joke. And fans agree with it. You know, your ears ring when you leave from a playoff game. You have to like drive home with the radio off. Yeah. Uh, because you just need like yeah. silence. I, I always tell everybody that I work with, I'm like, I'm not going to have a voice tomorrow and I probably won't be able to hear you because my ears will still be ringing, but I will be at work. <laughs> um, it just will sound like I'm an 80 year old woman trying to talk to you because I probably can't hear and don't have a voice, but um, it, it is incredible. And I just think that as we've talked about the buy-in from Raleigh and everybody in this community, whether it is the college nights that you guys put on or if it's stuff with the Durham Bulls or whatever it may be, there's so much for everybody in this community to be a part of, especially when you've got alumni like Eric Cole and Justin Williams who are so involved, but other alumni who are coming back, but also just like the 5K. The 5K is one of my favorite things to participate in every year because it's like, we're okay, we're almost there. It's almost time. <laughs> um, but there's so much that pulls everybody into from this community into the Carolina Hurricanes, no matter what it is that I don't feel like every team has. It's, it's special, right? And I, I think that the best way to show that it's special is when you have uh, Rod Brindamore, right? A Canadian who played in St. Louis and Philadelphia. He he made his home in Raleigh. He could have gone and lived anywhere. He made his home in Raleigh. Justin Williams made his home in Raleigh. Eric Cole made his home in Raleigh. Cam Ward made his home in Raleigh. All these guys are from Canada, the northern U.S. Yeah. You know, it's it's not typical for players to live full time where they play, and certainly not where they played, yeah. right? For, for yeah. the alumni. So there's something special that about this community community where it's just like, man, I don't want to leave, you know, and, and I think that goes into what you were saying. It's, it's the people, it's that Southern hospitality a bit. Yeah. It's the ease of living here. It's the enjoyment of living here. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that, and it's the community. It's just that sense of you're part of something bigger, you know, yeah. and, and back to what I said earlier on how this is a college market right okay well i i went to state i went to duke i went to carolina so i'm not going to agree with you on anything regarding sports right you can't agree on the hurricanes yeah right you know between the, the hurricanes and the bulls um yeah. courage and ncfc right you have a few professional teams that that everybody can rally around and obviously we're just the most established if you want to use that word in this term yeah. in the sense of competing in the nhl and venue size etc cetera, etc cetera. And so that I think is unique to us too, just because two friends who went to NC State and UNC are going to argue over football and basketball and baseball and field hockey and soccer, but not the Canes, right? That's the one common ground that they can find. And we're like the unifying force of the triangle. And so I don't know if, if that factor plays into it. I, personally, I think it does. But it's a very interesting dynamic as to where we are and the role we play within the community. Let me tell you, it does get a little loud when NC State, somebody from NC State <laughs> does ring the siren. I will say that. Oh, um, I, I agree. I, and NC State will always get the biggest, uh, the biggest round of applause. And yeah. I always feel bad. Like we had like Brady Manick um, after UNC went on their final yeah. four came to sound the siren and people were booing. I'm like, oh my gosh, don't crowd. Matt, my last question for you is just what inspires you? Really? And and this this is going to sound corny too. It's like it's coming to work with the people I work with. Uh, it's it. like you have to, to do this line of work, you have to enjoy the work you do. But I, I really believe you have to enjoy the people because specifically in the digital sphere, you can't just be a one person wrecking crew. You're not gonna be a designer and a videographer yeah. and a copywriter and a content strategist 
and a brand manager. And yeah. I mean, you you can, and people do all those things uh, as a team of, of one, but the more resources you have, the better you are. And so the conversations that, that I have in Slack with my coworkers, like that's the kind of stuff that keeps you going. And, yeah. you know, yeah, we all, at the end of the day, this is an awesome job. You know, it's so fun. It's it's great to work for a place that people are passionate about, but it's a job and there are frustrations just like anywhere else. But to me, it's when you have the people that you can just talk to on that human level. Yeah. You know, you don't have to talk in like marketing jargon speak. Yeah. Every email and every meeting, you can just be real and be your authentic self as a person in the office. That's why I work here and and is because I feel like I can be myself and the people that I talk to can be themselves. And like, that's what gets you going. And, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? Oh, that would be funny. Even though it's something we could never do in a million years. Yeah. Like those conversations are just what inspire me. And, and that mentality that, you know, no one's bigger than anybody else. And we're all just trying to accomplish the same thing. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's It's really, it's just a very cool thing to be a part of. I think the people you work with makes a magnificent difference on how you approach your work on a daily basis. I recently just joined a brand new company and I walked in and one of the questions they were like was what's your favorite team and I was like Carolina Hurricanes and when I came in then I had some team members who were like well I live in Boston I'm a Bruins fan and one other was like well I'm a Kraken fan so of course during the playoffs we were in Denver <laughs> together for an offsite and the three of us are like, we got to find somewhere to go watch these games. Right, and right, so right. It makes a difference when you enjoy each other's work, but you also enjoy each other's company and what everybody's interested in and whatever it may be that you can take that work hat off sometimes and have a laugh and share a meal, whatever it may be, um, that it doesn't feel like work 24 seven. Yeah, it's spot on and, and you know, I, I always tell everybody that like when I'm hiring someone, yeah. if I don't feel like I can go to lunch with you, I don't know if you're the right fit because exactly like you said, like if I have to just be able to go out to lunch with you and for an hour, talk nothing about work. And that's how I'll know that we're on the same page or not. Yep. Um, and I think that, you know, that's what sort of fuels how we approach things. It's nowadays, you know, people have technical skills, up the wazoo, right? They're smart, they're educated, they're, they have experience, they're so prepared to do what the job description says. But when it, at the end of the day, okay, well, you got five people who can all do the same thing. It's like, who am I going, going to enjoy being around the most? Who's yeah. going to fit in best with our team and the established, you know, vibes that we have, yeah. you know, that's just so important for us too. But Matt, I can't thank you enough for joining me today and to digging into all of this digital and social media space uh, from the Durham Bulls to Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, I just really appreciate it. No, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. If you guys do not follow Matt, all of his socials are down below. Go follow the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, we are very close <laughs> to hockey being back. We got the countdown going on. Uh, so I'm thrilled that we get to see some hockey here soon. But Matt, just thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And as always, I will see you guys back here next time. Bye, y'all.